From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City. From planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space. A podcast with no equal. Engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. Good. The switch is on, Battleline Podcast. I may sound a little different because I am actually in studio with Alana Duffy because Alana lives in New York, and when I can actually do this, it's great. To, but but Chris is in Kansas, so we're we're making yeah, this work. I'm still ways away from y'all. Yeah. But as I was saying, oh, thanks for actually coming in. Like I get excited to actually come in and and do this. Uh, you know, I. I guess coming from like the old school radio where you could actually like make eye contact with someone and be in a room with someone. It's just nice. Yeah, no, it is. uh, Despite the fact that, as I was just saying, I put on a nice shirt for this and you don't use the video. And it's not very often these days that I have to either a leave my apartment or put on a nice shirt. So I don't know how I feel about it yet. We can still record the video. What the hell? We'll just throw it up there. Just spots. Just do 20-second clips. Just do 20-second clips only because I put on a nice shirt. Exactly. Exactly. Hashtag nice shirt. Just hashtag nice shirt at 20 times 20 clips. (laughs) If if someone's recording (laughs) the video, I don't even know. Is someone recording the video? We're recording. We didn't really. All right. Whatever. We'll we'll, we'll be able to use it for something. But anyway, I guess to give some background, of course. I also have cats on my pants. So, like, let's. Like, you have cats? I cats do, on your pants? I That's... do have cats on my pants. Hold on. Well, Chris has to see this then. Uh, and oh. you have the. Pr- you won't. You won't even be. You're just putting like the full on prosthetic with the I cat really pants with really on the am. on the. Yeah. There we go. Uh, no, I don't know if you can even see it. Because it just I, looks I, like I, checkerboard I if it's zoomed out. It's like checkerboard lines. until you get close, and then it's like little cat faces. Oh yeah, it's, I love. Yeah, I'm a cat person. I mean, I like dogs too, but I, I love we, my little kid. I had to kick her out of the room so she'd be tearing stuff up in here during the interview. How old is so, your cat? She's like, I think we got her at, at four weeks. She's six weeks. She's <gasps> oh just my little, God, it's a kitten. Yeah, she's a little little black yes. and white kitten. She's, she loves to, uh, she, she fetches. She knows how to fetch. Yes. And she knows how to, uh, she'll chase and at secret, you know, sneak attack you. And be oh, walking down the hall. And, this is yeah. perfect. Yeah, but I had to kick her out of here because she'd be tearing the place up while we'd be doing the interview. Yeah, that well, that's, that's what mine are doing at home, I'm sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so to give some background on Alana, though, I met Alana actually through our friends on the team house. We've had both uh, Dave Park and Jack Murphy on the show before. Jack's been on multiple times. Mm-hmm. Alana and I were both on episode 100, which was great. And uh, to give some background, of course, Sergeant First Class, Army Interrogator and, encou- and Counterintelligence Agent. Uh, combat vet, Purple Heart recipient from the TBI that you experienced, actually not from the prosthetic, which we could get into. Uh, Cornell University grad with a master's in engineering and now running Pathfinder Labs, which is a tech company geared towards veteran and community services. And also you had a piece in the New York Times last year about 
getting the prosthetic put on, getting the leg amputated. Um, you know, it's it before we even get into the intricacies of all that, you know, it was funny that I was thinking about is when I met you a few months ago and you were showing the prosthetic and everything. I remember you saying, I want to turn the prosthetic into like a party prosthetic with LED lights and all this crazy oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. What's the progress with that? Uh, some of the wiring is done and then they actually gave me like a new, uh, inside so it's a little bit more springy so now i would have to rewire it so um and i discovered at one point that i can't get the foot part off and back on very easily i actually had to take it back to the va and be like i broke it um and have them put it back on for me so um so it's at a bit of a stopping point right now uh, until I have a backup foot that I can use, but um, but no, there's there's definitely the the schematics are done, so this will happen. Nice, that's cool. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I want to see what it looks like when it has an end product. When you get uh, an engineer who has been working from home for the past year and a half. Uh, and I have a 3D printer, so like I can also make like other casings. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, it's crazy what you could do with 3D printers because I've seen articles, right, of people who actually did lose limbs and they're able to use their 3D printer to actually print out new things. Not what you have, yeah, but something that'll like be a makeshift resolution for the time yeah. being. Yeah, and you can make a like a like casings for it and stuff like that. So um, it's just it's not medically sound or particularly safe but <laughs> i've i've done dumber so <laughs> that's good that's how i lost it in the first place i do dumb <laughs> so yeah i'm um, i'm just i'm i'm just i just want it to be awkwardly silent that's the yeah, least my, no, that's good. my goal yeah since i'm out, i'm away from y'all so you guys have to just look at each other like awkwardly for five seconds thinking I'm going to say something. I, I just want to make sure, you know what it is? It's, it's also because Chris isn't in the room. So I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, um, <laughs> making this no. whole interview me asking questions. So No, that's, hey, dude, I'm good with that today. I, I talk way too much. You know that. I have to like cut myself down from talking. So I'll just going to be quiet and just, I'm just going to watch the show. In fact, I feel like I'm watching an interview right now. <laughs> not even a part. I'm just watching it from afar. <laughs> no, no, well i also i mean i hear that radio silence is the key to good radio uh that's exactly so, yeah so let's be si silent for here two two minutes just silent. Yeah. no I, I no <laughs> the professional radio guy in the room is like oh god no yeah. no because he means it well yeah. i mean yeah with the professional radio background it's like if it wasn't podcasts you actually do have the fcc you could step in and and <laughs> you, know, you can't have two minutes of silence. I remember back in the day, actually, when did I had really, to do... Did they really get pissed off with you? Like oh, yeah. That? I mean, you'll get fined. It's the same thing as, like, cursing on the air that you just have silence. I remember um, when wow. it was just me in, in a radio studio back in the day when I was, you know, learning all this in 2006, 2007 and doing music shows. And we actually had CDs. This is before everything was programmed. I would have to put on a song because I was doing a metal show. I'd have to put on a song by Dream Theater, one of those like epic yes. 15 minute songs if I wanted to take a piss, because otherwise yeah. you don't want yeah. two minutes of silence. Yeah. My, the, oh, no, I did. Uh, I did a radio show while I was in college. So this is, you know, two, uh, 
98 to 02-ish, but it was all like punk and ska. So there is like nothing longer than like three minutes. Yeah. So uh, if we didn't have someone else in there with it, we, we had like five DJs and I swear to God, like half the time there was still only one person there. And you were like, well, it looks like I am three hours without gonna without going to pee or anything because it's all CDs and like the eight track ads and PSAs and stuff like that. It was it's pretty great. Yeah. I'm not surprised with the the ska and punk background now because I posted the New York Times piece that you wrote and you were joking about how you had the checkerboard vans that match the tattoo. Yeah, and I feel like the checkerboard tattoo is very uh, it's, ska, it's ska punk thing. rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the two tone thing. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was me. I, instead of going to parties on Saturday nights, I ran a radio show. So super nerd. Um, I've been great. there. Yeah. I was at the parties listening to the radio show. Yeah. So I just had, I'm sorry. I had to be sometimes somebody had to, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we would go. To my buddy who had had a buddy, didn't come DJ Mike, Mike, great guy, Mike Morrell. And he ran a radio show on Saturday. So that's what at the college radio station. So we would get hammered and then we would go crash the radio station at night and make the show just unbearable for him because he was, he was still trying to be professional where you got five drunk guys just trying to get into the booth just to make his life a living hell while he's trying to finish up his show. And then he'd get off and we'd go drink some more. Yeah, and that's what he said. But yeah, yeah I, I remember. I remember. I had a I had a buddy that was a DJ. I remember those days where we would go out. And he was stuck in the DJ booth or the radio booth, the college radio booth, from eight till midnight here on Fridays and Saturdays. And oh, yeah. he had Fridays and Saturdays. He got the yeah. he got the really he, good shift. He got right the there. college radio back in the day. That remember that was like the that was the cool radio back in the day. That oh, was yeah. like where you didn't get. The stuff that you got on public radio. Yeah, that's what oh, I. Yeah, I remember. Remember that. That was. Yeah. Anyway, I'm reminiscing. <laughs> reminiscing. No, Sorry. I am. I am too now because uh, <laughs> n- now he's making up like drinking at the radio station, which was obviously a no-no. And I remember what? the. Uh, it was. Of course, oh the 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 guy who um ran the metal show that I did. He came in during my slot and started drinking. And like an idiot, he threw out the beers in the studio. And I get a call the next morning from like a higher up at the station program director or something. They're like, were you drinking during your time slot? And I was like, no, but I know who was. And they're like, who? I'm not the type of person who's going to tell you. So it's just like, you know what? I'm going to give him a call and I'm going to tell him to tell you because, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take the blame for that one because I had nothing to do with it. Anyway, we should get into the actual gist of this interview. <laughs> so, uh, I'd love to hear about like how you got into the whole idea of just joining the army and, and everything that went from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was the radio stuff a lot? I mean, seriously, I'm thinking about that now, the DJ stuff, the radio stuff, was that, were you already thinking about going or was that, was that, that was a whole different route and then it kind of went immediate left at some point. Yeah. I'd I'd like to hear about that too. Wow. Yeah. No. Uh, the, so, um, it's funny actually, cause so my, but my father had been, in he, my father was Vietnam era, but yeah. fiercely guarded the Potomac uh, because he was Armed Forces Radio back then. Um, 
So uh, I still make fun of him for that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and and as he pointed out, you know, but the VC never did cross the Potomac. So they did. He, he did. They did their job. They did a great job. Um, but uh, it really had no influence. I mean, there the my family, my, both of my grandfathers had been in the in World War Two or World War. Uh, World War II time frame, but uh, neither one had really, neither one ever talked about it. I mean, one grandfather who actually joined the OSS before, mm. uh, so that was right right around the end of World War II, one of my grandfathers was recruited into the OSS, and uh, but he died when I was young, so it's, it never came up. As a matter of fact, after I joined the Army, in counterintelligence uh and i had gone through already most of my training i think my mom was like oh you know your grandfather did that uh and i was like oh well you know that would have been cool to know <laughs> great um so uh yeah no i was just a, a nice little jewish girl from new jersey who graduated went to college got a master's degree in engineering got a job quit my job uh because basically staring at blueprints all day was uh, a far cry from being an astronaut which i had wanted to be since i was like six so um yeah and i was like i can't even see a window much less space <laughs> so I'm going to, I, I got to do something else. And originally I was going to join the reserves and uh, my boyfriend at the time, because it's always has to deal with, a, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's always a, a boy or a girl. Uh, so um, my boyfriend at the time was like, oh, I was thinking about going active duty. And I was like, well, you're not having all the fun. See you there. And <laughs> Uh, called a recruiter and hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price Got your happy price, price line. Decided to go not only active duty, but in absolutely nothing related to what I had just. Exactly. exactly. I was going to say, did you, you, you didn't want, you wanted to go to NASA, so you didn't try to go the pilot route at all. And you went to the, is it the Army that you went into? I went into the Army. Oh, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. So you wanted to be an I astronaut. Great and you went to the- <laughs> great decisions and i didn't even go the, officer i i had a master's the only branch of service that does not have jets or anything related to however the army does have an astronaut corps uh well, is it is, is do they really they i didn't do know. What, like the army does space, have an astronaut space. corps um okay. but uh no typically uh typically most of them do come from like the air force and and okay. the navy but um the army does have an astronaut corps. We even have like a little ribbon uh, that, like, I don't know, like two people have. But we, <laughs> uh, so I 
Um, I did want to be an astronaut, but the Army was the only one that would let you choose your job. So I did not want to end up, you know, shuffling papers around. I didn't want to end up, I'm, I am a, a lady, uh, well, sometimes, uh, 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 so the, uh, I couldn't go into, I couldn't go into anything like super cool or tactical at the time. So I, and what year was this? This was in 2002. Okay. Okay. Uh, I had, I graduated, I got my job and I was like, oh my God, this is my life now. Uh, and I worked, I worked in that job and then I left for basic training in, in early 2003. So, um, I was not in that job terribly long. Uh, love those guys. I mean, it was construction management. They were wonderful people from like construction management in Northern New Jersey is like dealing with various mafias and don't get dramatic now. All right. Uh, like, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to coordinate? Because like the Polish roofers are having a fight with the (laughs) like Italian, uh, Masons. And so it was like, it was definitely a project management problem, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I went in and said, forget it. I'm just going to go, uh, I want to do something that is as tactical and hands-on as possible. The Air Force, you couldn't go directly in. And also my eyesight was atrocious. So I couldn't even try out for any of the pilot positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, actually, I ended up dropping after I got eye surgery, uh, which was between in the very brief time that we had between Mm -hmm. Afghanistan and Iraq, I got eye surgery. And then did drop a pilot packet to switch over to the Air Force. And then the, um, but at the time, uh, they were saying that the eye surgery was a permanent disqualifier. Wow. So that was weird because they kept, I thought they flipped back and forth for a little while. It's like, oh, PRK is good, but LASIK disqualifies you. Then it flipped the other way. Then it was both. That was, uh, yeah, Yeah. typical, yeah, typical bureaucratic. Yeah, it was, you know, whoever had the most stars and wanted something to change (laughs) and get it on their little, like, um, officer evaluation report. Yeah, right there. Yeah. You got it. So, um, yeah. And so I I ended up getting uh, permanently medically disqualified because the recruiter submitted the packet wrong. Uh, So awesome. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, so I ended up with a career in intelligence collection and, uh, interrogations and investigations. And that's still a, that's, you gotta say, it's still a really good job to get most people. Yeah. Or get, and we'll get, we'll get into that. I I, I know because I I know a lot of people that that's hard to get into. There's not a lot of slots for for Intel or, or you got to go CID or the youngsters got to go to MPs and then try to work their way into it. But yeah, that's great that you got that still. It's, yeah. it's a silver, hey, that's a silver ribbon or silver medal right there. If it wasn't the pilot one that you yeah. wanted. Yeah. 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 Be, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and you know, now I can, you know, get any of the billionaires to send me into space anyway. So <laughs> yes. Yesterday we saw William Shatner. Yes. Very exciting. Yes. 
Do, do you still nerd out about that as someone who wanted to be an astronaut? Uh, I nerd out about everything Star Trek and yes! everything. Yes! <laughs> Star Trek! Not Star Wars! Star I am, Trek! I am, That's right. I am a Trekkie and I am a space nerd. So, um, like, I think this morning I read some really long article on how the Big Bang may not have actually been from a singularity and i read the whole thing at like six o'clock this morning because i was like ah this is fascinating and i can't sleep anyway so i may as well just read this um but no i am i uh definitely i mean 11 minutes in space um but uh, bless him he was like crying in the interview afterwards he I was saw. so emotional and he's what like 90? 90 and he looks great it's crazy yeah. but uh yeah, so what about being an interrogator, counterintelligence? What what appealed to you with that then? Uh, problem solving and puzzle solving. And uh, I am fascinated by why people do the things that they do, because everything is a choice. And yeah. so why do you choose to uh, blow someone up? There's there's a there is a logical reason to do that there's a there's a way that you got there somehow so uh and that concept fascinates me so um it's uh and it's a lot of study in psychology and a lot of study in motivation and uh especially when you are talking to someone as as like an interrogator you need to be able to make them trust you because uh, you're, you really do get more flies with honey, at least over the long term. So it's if you can make them think that you are on their side and your friend and and like you guys are are buddies and you could play like checkers together, because um, it's really hard to teach chess. Uh, then you can you can get so much more out of them because they may not tell you like. Well, these are the things that I did, but I can tell you what my cousin did um, or what they're planning to do, uh, because as long as you've catered to their motivations and uh, figure that out, it's so fascinating to see where where that can go. And, and um, I mean, I've, I've sat across the table and talked to people who the day before were trying to blow me up and... Uh, sometimes successfully sometimes not and had to be buddy buddy with them and be like so why'd you put the bomb in the ground that you know blew my brain out like what and um so it's it's just a really interesting process how i picked that job was way less interesting it was basically the only thing that would uh put me on the ground and working as tactically as possible uh i need to see a tangible benefit from the things that i do i want to see the results yeah and that was a big part of it is uh i if i could get a single piece of information i knew that we could go and dig up that bomb before it went off or something and then someone else would go home that night who may not have otherwise gone home. So yeah. getting that actionable intelligence is always, I, I, I know I, is always from you guys is always, uh, 
because you do, you see the result, the results. It's always more, what's the word I'm looking for? Makes me happy. Help me out, masters. Help me out, masters. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Engineering. My fiscal, oh, wait, wait, you're right. Nutting, <laughs> I'm sorry. But and I agree with you. You know, I, the, the the using pain and, and it is for the person to feel like you get you're getting even. Yeah, I, I, I see it. But, I, you know, people will say whatever they can to get out of that pain. Right. And, and yeah, I, I agree. I, I but. For the person giving, especially if you've got a bone to pick, and that's just, I mean, that's saying it easy. It feels better to, to hurt someone to get the, but even though you may not be getting the intelligence, so being nice and, and hey, it's a bit manipulative. You've got to be manipulative yeah. a bit. Uh, yeah. A bit, you know what I'm saying? A bit. You oh. have to be very manipulative, but I, I agree. I yeah. agree. In the long run, you do get better intel and you get continual intel. And during that time, you guys are professionally trained at that. Over that time frame, I think you all, I can't, I mean, that's not, I mean, that's not my realm, but um, you'll see if somebody's lying to you eventually or yeah. not. And, um, but my, I go, I'm going back to basic training on that, How, you know, before we even get to that point. What was that like? And, and where did you go to? And, and then did it prepare you at all? Your basic and then your now were they doing AIT at that time yeah. or was it still? Are they everybody wanted to do the infantry yeah. OSET? But no, I we did. Uh, so uh, for Intel, uh, so I was I was one of the well, I wasn't the last class to go through where you could actually enlist as well. Okay. First of all, so I enlisted uh, as opposed to going officer, and that was because officers also couldn't pick their jobs. So, um, and I didn't want to end up like a chemical, biological, whatever, uh, because weirdly, like everyone was going into uh, MBC, uh, the nuclear, biological, chemical, and um, I did not want that. Also, I didn't want to move papers from one side of a desk to another, which is most of what even an intel officer does. So... Well, uh, and you also learn how to follow. If you yeah. want to be a good leader, you, you learn how to follow. Even if you have shitty leaders, you, you learn. I yes. you learn the best from shitty. I, my opinion, you do. You learn best from crappy leaders, and like, okay, I probably don't want to go that route. Yeah. But you still have to learn how to follow yeah. before you can be a good leader. Yeah. So, no, nah, you did it the right way. Yeah. I, I think you did. Oh yeah, yeah. One of my uh, one of my crappiest leaders uh, gave me that advice at one point. They were like, you know. Never do uh, watch the people who do things that you don't like to do above you and never do that. And then watch the things that people do that you appreciate and remember to do that when you become a leader. And I was like, that's great. I'm never going to do most of the things that you do, except for that sentence. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, that. Uh, and you know, then there's all the all the manipulate. But between that leader and the manipulation, you know, like my therapist is super busy, so you know they get benefit out of it too. The <laughs> yeah. uh, but basic training. So I went to basic at uh, Fort Jackson in South okay. Carolina, mm-hmm. old relaxing Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, lovely in the fact that we had fewer red ants than places like Benning. <laughs> And, um, so it was, it was like less sandy, more raining kind of all the time. I went in like spring, like late spring. So it was just always 
wet and like mildly cold and then super hot and then mildly cold again. So, you know, uh, everyone got pneumonia at one point <laughs> and, um, uh, that was a fast, that was always a fascinating experience because they had quarters there, which were delightful. Uh, and so, so that's right. You, at that time they, they'd moved from the open bay. I remember. Oh no, there was open say, bay. They were still open. Okay. They're still yeah. open bays. Yeah. 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 So everybody gets, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the best herd, herd immunity you can have right yeah. there. Everybody yeah. gets sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're Everybody like, you know sick. what? You you got it. Everyone else has it. Everybody's I, gonna get it. I now, was yeah. patient zero for uh, one of the things uh, like this because they gave us like every fifth person ended up with like this pseudo pneumonia vaccine that they were testing because, uh, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, go get vaccinated. Like, I don't care. Sure, shoot me up with whatever. I don't care if it's been tested. I've already done this. <laughs> um, yeah. Good luck getting through most of the things that are already swimming around in here. So, uh, so I went, uh, so I got this pneumonia vaccine and I got sick. Uh, and this is a couple weeks in, it's probably four or five weeks into basic. And because it's open bay, they, when, once your temperature gets above a certain point, um, cause I, I went to the drill sergeant and I was like, I don't feel great. And he was like, Oh, your temperature is like one Oh two. You should probably go somewhere. Um, and they move yeah. you into, they give you like, you take your laundry bag with like a, those, we had the gray army sweats and you, you go to this like hospital ish building. And so everyone in there is sick and you're still in base, but it's only like eight people as opposed to like 40. And so it was amazing because everyone is in the gray army sweats. All the walls are white. All the linens are white. And everyone has like the blue paper face masks that you have to wear in the hallways. So it was like this ghostly Dude. blank. It's like, it's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, it was Jack Nick. I, so I, I remember those things yeah. are so like, oh. how am I? I just feel odd in here this is uh, this isn't helping my morale yeah. at all <laughs> like yeah i guess it's so that you want to get better and go what, back yeah, to basic want... <laughs> so like you like you want to go back to like running around in the mud because you're like this is a terrifying experience you're right. Who, are they gonna put me in a straight jacket next because yeah. i feel like this is I, i'm just here i got a cold i'm not mentally yeah, <laughs> yeah they're taking away my shoelaces right i don't know now. what's happening <laughs> So, um, uh, so I went to Fort Jackson, uh, that was when I was, when I was still new to the, uh, military, sure. I definitely like, I knew to keep my mouth shut. Also, I had seen enough movies. Um, it, it boggled my mind. The people who didn't seem to, who seemed surprised by the fact that they were getting yelled at at basic training. And I was like, did you never watch full Did you movie? never see Full Metal Jacket yeah, like, at least one time? Anything. Anything. <laughs> did you see Stripes? I mean, Stripes, exactly. Sergeant Hulka? Don't yeah. you know that? Do, do you not know Sergeant Hulka? Come on. Uh, come on. Like, what, what? So you better hit them mumps, my little babies. Or Sergeant Hulka with the big toe is going to see how far he can stick it up your ass. They yell at you. You're welcome to basic training. Um, <laughs> I, like the first day you have to go in and they, uh, they, you're coming off of this 
bus from uh, what they call reception. So you go reception. into you, you get you go through this little reception thing and they teach you the basics of marching and they give you your basic equipment and stuff like that and uh, like your uniforms and stuff. And then you get on another bus and you go to your actual little company where you're going to be in basic for the next nine weeks. And they, uh, and the first thing you do is you're running off the bus. You've got all your bags. And, uh, since you may or may not be running video and it doesn't matter because I'm not standing up anyway, I'm only like five, four. And like, at this point I was probably like 110 pounds and I've got a, like a green duffel on my front, a green duffel on my back. And then you still have to carry like another bag with you because it's got like anything that you had brought with you, like your civilian clothes and stuff. And, uh, and I have these giant glasses, <laughs> these, like, uh, we call them BCGs, birth control goggles. I've, I've heard Chris oh, yeah. refer to that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they were friggin' perfect. <laughs> and I still got just, mine. Yep. Oh, they were, they were amazing. <laughs> oh, I wish I still had mine. <laughs> Dude, they're, and they're, they're in fad now. They're, I mean, you see people wearing that shit all the time now, yeah. even, the, even with the iggly brown color. I yeah. Guess. Oh, yeah. they were so awful. God, but they were indestructible. Yeah. And yeah. so I've got these giant things on. I had been an absolute idiot and cut my hair short because women have to either have your hair above the collar or uh, you or you have to pull it back. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to deal with it for yeah. this for for nine weeks. I'll just cut it like a really short bob. And um well, let me tell you, most of my basic training ended up with get that mop out your face, private, like <laughs> because it was just everywhere. And um, so uh, and then what you have to do is you have to line uh, that they have these arbitrary tasks that you have to do when you first like you're running off the bus loaded down with all these bags and they want you to line up your bags on these white lines that they have put on the grass and if they're not all perfectly even in line, then you have to do X number of push-ups and then get up and run a lap around all of the bags for like a hundred something people or whatever it was. And um, and it's an arbitrary task. There's no way to get it right. They're just doing it. And uh, I remember thinking after like round two of push-ups uh, or, and running circles, you know, well, they have to stop before they kill someone. So, like, how bad could it be? Um, you know, like, they can't kill anyone. They'd get in trouble. So it's got to stop sometime. And that was pretty much how I made it through basic was eh, they don't actually want to kill you. <laughs> they just got, exactly. Yeah. They, they do. They, they, they do. I was always one of those assholes, though, that just could kept PT in. So I was like, fuck it. I don't care if y'all are, I just, you know, here, I'm not going to be a team player today. I'm going <laughs> to let you guys all suck. I don't care. I'll keep doing pushups and sit and like, oh, oh, I hate just you. going down. Stop going. I like eat shit guys. I'm going to run fast on this other way. But eventually yeah. I stopped doing it. But there were days where I was just like, I'm done. I don't care about, I, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be the ass today, guys. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, especially if there was one person who was just getting on your nerves and you were like, no, I'm going to make you suffer. Like You're going to suffer today. I can do 100 push-ups. I don't care how many you can do. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But, but, but I, I do, you know, and that's, the, but they're, they're teaching to me, they were teaching, Hey, even in the best case scenario, you're not always going to be successful. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to cry about it. You're just going to suck it up and just keep it. That's what we get to say, embracing the suck. Are you going to brace the shit? And cause it's going to end. It will end. Yeah. It'll end eventually. But are you going to keep doing it till we say it's going to end? And yeah, that's the mindset a lot of people, even myself, had to get through stuff. Is just it's going to end. Yeah. Just keep going, keep keep going. It'll end eventually. And yeah. if somebody dies, well, it's not going to be me. But it's going to be it. It's just it's just going. But it's it, going to be the guy that that, that that <laughs> I wanted to because I know how many push-ups you can do, and I know I can do more. So yeah, because so, that's the other benefit of being like 110 pounds. That, that, yeah, I can do more push-ups than like the the dude who's coming in oh, there who's not yes. in great shape anyway, yeah. and he's like he's got to push more weight. So for sure, and, and by the time you got used to those boots, you can run too. Yep. Other people, you can go. You're like I can go forever. I'm 110 pounds. I, I get you. That's why it was wonderful being 170 pounds and not that huge because I could I could just yeah keep, just keep running just yeah. keep running just keep what's that Dory oh that's just keep swimming sorry yeah I yeah watched, yeah, uh, yeah. My bad. <laughs> finding Nemo last night just keep swimming just keep oh, swimming I love that movie I love that movie especially because like now with only one leg like when I like if I swim <laughs> and I'm kicking with one side and I was like why am I going in circles that's cool got the fin, yeah <laughs> all right hope you guys are enjoying this episode thus far we're just getting started. There's a whole lot more to get into with this episode. As you can tell, I mean, we're just into basic training. We haven't gotten into a lot of other stuff with Ilana. And if you looked at the description, she is a combat veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan and a Purple Heart recipient. So trust me, there's a whole lot more to go. So keep this episode going. Uh, but People always hit me up, actually, between the email and, and uh, inbox of, of our different social media sites. And oftentimes, they're like, how could I support the show? Do you guys have Patreon? That type of thing. And really, it's our sponsors that keep us going. So if you want to support us in any way and you're in the market for ammo, uh, just one of our great sponsors is Fort Scott Munitions. And there really is no more loyal sponsor to this show than Fort Scott Munitions. They have been on board with us since the very beginning, and they are the number one company out there for ammo. So if you're in the market for ammo, which many of you guys are, you got to check out Fort Scott Munitions, and in the process, you are helping out our show. Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact. TUI, tumble upon impact, is their trademark. And it tumbles upon impact in soft tissue. If you go to their um, YouTube page or if you go to their or just even look up Fort Scott Munitions on YouTube, you're going to see what makes their ammo uh, really top notch, what it does and and what they've done to really revolutionize am ammunition. So they leave devastating wound channels that tumble upon uh, impact for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. And you do see a lot of hunters using Fort Scott munitions right on their Instagram if you give them a follow. Uh, with the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. 
Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state. Just click on the dealer locator on their website. You're going to find a dealer right by you. Um, For example, for me, South Shore Sportsman and Merrick does carry Fort Scott Munitions. Uh, Although they are, for the most part, sold out of ammo on the website, if you sign up for their mailing list or even if you check our Instagram, I'll occasionally post that they'll have something available in bulk, like just recently they did. And if you used our promo code, you would get $100 off. Uh, I mean, that's a great discount. So beyond that, though, they do have great merch, which you could use our discount code on. So just go to the website and check out what's in stock. And that's fortscottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com and use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Link is in the description. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast, fortscottmunitions.com, but make sure you use the promo code BATTLELINE. And great sponsor as well, Bubs Naturals. If you heard our interview with Sean Lake on the show, you learned a lot about the mission behind the company, the inspiration behind the company, and that is none other than Sean's best friend, fallen Navy SEAL, Glenn Bub Doherty. And they put their money where their mouth is because 10% of the proceeds on all products go to the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation, which benefits veteran families, special operations veterans, families, uh, kids of special operations veterans who need scholarships or in need uh, for other assistance. So they're carrying on that legacy of the great Navy SEAL, Glenn Bob Doherty, who I had the privilege of meeting very briefly, but nonetheless, I did I did get to meet Glenn Doherty, and I'm very thankful for it. Uh, not too long before he passed away, unfortunately. Now, as for what they do, you've heard me talk about the collagen protein and the benefits of collagen protein. If you're taking a whey protein, a whey protein isolate, or these vegan uh, proteins like pea protein, you're not getting the same benefits that you are getting with collagen because collagen are those building blocks in our system for hair, skin, nails, elasticity of of, uh, the skin. So check them out and... uh, the MCT oil powder as well, of course, the apple cider vinegar gummies. But you know what? I'll be honest with you guys. I've tried every product up until recently other than the Fountain of Youth formula. Now, I was hiking in the Adirondacks, and my friend George Earhart, who is now a listener of the show and now a believer in Bub's Naturals, who ordered some stuff after listening to the Sean Lake episode, he does not go anywhere, I've learned, without the Fountain of Youth formula because when we were in our Airbnb Uh, In the Adirondacks, he didn't pack much with him, but he did pack the Fountain of Youth formula, and he had me and uh, our other friend have it for uh, our breakfast along with, you know, what else we were eating, and I I love that product now too, Uh, because unlike just drinking juice, for example, you're not only getting your daily vitamin C right there, you're also getting the benefits of that collagen protein And uh, it's got a great taste, that great berry taste, and it's all natural. It's not like these other supplements on the market that are loaded with sugars and all sorts of crap. So check them out, guys. We love what they do. BubsNaturals.com. BubsNaturals.com. 
promo code BATTLELINE and you'll get 20% off. And as you often hear me say, you do see their stuff on the shelves of Vitamin Shop and other places, but you're going to get a discount through us and you're going to get a better deal through us. The best way to do it is bubsnaturals.com, promo code BATTLELINE, and you'll be supporting the show in the process. Uh, with that, we're going to get back to this great interview that we did. I was in studio, as you know, with Ilana Duffy. It would be great to have Chris in studio, maybe when we're in Vegas for SHOT Show, but I'm going to shut my big fat mouth and we're going to get back to it. I want to get into, I mean, after basic training, you were saying like timeline 2003, 2004. Yeah. This is in yeah. the thick of everything. Were you prepared for what was to come, going into combat oh, and all God, that? No. Oh, no. What, no. what did they tell you guys when you went over? Because you're oh, in the intel unit, but, every, yeah. you know, you're going there early. Like everybody else, you're getting thrown into jobs that you're not supposed to be doing. Right. Now, you're doing intel, but you're also probably are doing some infantry stuff, some MP stuff. Oh, yeah. But did, they, did they tell you that at all? Or they just said, hey, go over there. We'll tell you what you're going to do once you get there. Well, what was particularly fun is uh, in AIT, so advanced individual training, sure. uh, the... Um, uh, I I tend to, by the way, break down most of the acronyms. I know that most of your listeners are probably no, do, no, do, it's, it's it about half and half of military yeah, and, okay. and idiots yeah, yeah. like me. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, military idiots like me. I I appreciate you I breaking like them down because like I wouldn't good know caption that we can put up there like idiot like me. Yeah, or now you're a PSA. The um uh, but the uh so so it, at AIT where all of like so it's all counterintelligence and then we have our our uh our sister like platoon of all interrogators okay. uh we, and then we do joint training towards the end so actually i ended up cross-trained in oh, in both uh that's awesome yeah so it was uh and what was fun is that the interrogators though they didn't get the badge and credentials that we got so we could still rub that in their face ah, but, sucks to be there yeah, <laughs> sucks to be you i get to carry this badge um and uh oh man my badge which i i ended up getting it retired uh around the time that i did and my picture uh because i'm like this 22 year old like super like and I'm in Arizona, so I'm like super, I'm super tan. Uh, my hair, which is now about shoulder length, finally, um, and still a mop that gets in my face. But uh, I had dyed it, uh, and it was supposed to be like a light, like reddish tint. Well, it was like, like, like dark, fake ass red. And, uh, and my friend and I had decided to do this like the day before our badge and credential photos were taken. And so I, and I had this, uh, blouse cause you have, you wear civilian clothes for your B, for your B's and C's, your badge and credential photo. So, um, I'm wearing like this purple colored blouse, which really accentuates the fact that I am like super tan and have now like this red, uh, unnaturally red hair and um and they were like well this is your photo and this so i had to carry that around for like 10 years that was my badge and credentials photo it was kind of amazing because i was like here's me at 22 and I look super professional, don't I? You know, in the early 2000s, though, Carrot Top was huge. So, honestly, it is true. I mean, yeah. it, it was. You're okay. Oh, God, it was amazing. And, like, I 
and I had well, I hadn't bleached at first, so my brown hair it was just like this dark red. Oh, it was goddamn priceless. It was priceless. So, um, and now I have that mounted on my wall, and I'm like, check that out. That's amazing. That, um, that's awesome. So, uh, but AIT. So, but it was so early because uh, this is now like early 2003, like or like mid 2003. Uh, and they're still teaching Russia KGB scenarios. Wow. Uh, we're, we're, we haven't really gotten to, we're, we're still learning Cold War because that's more of where the instructors had come from. So, uh, so sure we're doing some stuff of like looking for bombs, but we're still doing like KGB dead drop type stuff and um so no we had no idea what to expect and then i'd show up at fort bragg because i had uh married the dude who uh who ended up uh, who was like oh i'm gonna go active duty so um and because i make great decisions we got married (laughs) uh like while i'm in ait and right after he graduated from uh he was airborne infantry, and so he okay. went to jump school and then was like, I have, like, three weeks off. Uh, my drill sergeant said that if we don't get married, I'll never see you again. So I guess we should do this. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was uh, that was my proposal. God, he was such a romantic. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so we, that is heavenly. I mean, I, yeah. I, saw, I saw little Tweety Birds and... Yeah. Yeah. Like with little, like little hearts. Yeah. 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 The stars in my eyes are still there. Yeah. Nobody thought this was a love, love podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, uh, we ended up, so we fly, he flew out to Arizona because I wasn't allowed to leave the state because it's very much like prison. And, uh, or like parole. So, uh, parole. yeah, yeah. yeah. AIT's parole. There yeah. You go. AIT's, yeah. It's just more like, okay, you're on parole. Like here's your ankle monitor. Don't go further than like Tucson. Um, and, uh, so he, uh, he flew out and we got married. Uh, so I ended up at Fort Bragg because he's airborne infantry. He was in the 82nd airborne, Second, yeah. um, uh, blue devil second two five Oh four infantry. And I, they, there's the damn division. I got no idea what all those, all their names are. I, I yeah. really don't either. And then they reclassified and I got completely lost. Yeah. Uh, but we, um, so I, I show up at Fort Bragg and in, I think it was like December of 03 or something. I reported to, to my unit. I was in the, uh, it was the 18th Airborne Corps primary military uh 18th airborne corps like their their intelligence uh, and that's that's awesome i mean that you're you know you're going to for those that don't know you're going to really a legendary unit the 18th airborne corps i mean for forever granted i don't know about your specific unit but just in name to be attached and and to say hey yeah i've served with the 18th airborne corps i mean I still get kind of, you know, touches me when I hear guys from the 18th Airborne because it, it is, yeah. they've been around forever and they've done such amazing things. So yeah. I, so I, did you feel like, or did you feel that way? You're like, oh my gosh, I'm going, it's just like when I got to go to the Rangers, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like going to 18th Airborne Corps. Oh, 
I know the Rangers are going to be pissed off at me for saying that. It's not the same, guys. It's not the same. But what I'm saying, just in name value, you know, just in name, like, oh, my gosh. Here this comes name has all the hate the, mail. All, all the hate, hate mail. That. Oh, Rangers aren't like so – te- no, the lineage. The lineage. Yeah. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah. Did there's, you feel that way or did you not really a, know? There's, there's a, there is a history there. Uh, I mean, like it's it's not as recognizable as something like the 82nd because it's it's core. It's it's a it's sure. a huge. Uh, I mean, like it encompasses uh, the 101st Airborne, the 82nd yeah. Airborne, 10th Mountain Division. So like it's it's huge, and um, and we were the we were core MI. So we okay. we would get we could get attached to most of those units yeah. or deploy by ourselves. So we went, uh, and I show up uh, to the unit in December, and they were like, "Oh, hey, cool, because we're uh, your company." Because we would, we actually went as a company size element, uh, which is very small for an MI unit. Yeah, yeah. MI units are like, uh, MI companies are like, like sixty people, might like ish, wow. and uh, we would. Uh, and they were like, oh, hey, we're leaving in like February. So like at the and, latest. And you're like, where? where? Are we, yeah. We're, we're going where, to Florida? Wait, yeah. Where, where are we, we going, going to, guys? And that's, that's meaning February of 2004, right? So, yeah, yeah. 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 They were like, oh, no, yeah, you're going to you're going to Afghanistan. Uh, Bravo Company's going to Afghanistan. Welcome to Bravo Company. Um, don't unpack. Uh, and uh, cool. We'll see you there. So. <laughs> Uh, you got, you got like some training and of course, since I showed up in early December, everybody else went on leave for like all of December. So all of the, the NCOs and everybody who'd been there before had, uh, were all on leave and, um, and the, so you really didn't have a, a whole lot of. Uh, yeah. This is what to expect. And uh, then, by, like, in February, it was, uh, okay, cool, get on the plane. Uh, and we took military aircraft the whole way, so it was awesome. We could lay out our, like, we, we had these foam PT mats, and we would lay them out. Oh, yeah, the, the, the push pads. The yeah. The pads, man. You got to yeah. put the push pads down. They were uh, so good. Uh, I said that to Eric Prince once. He had a push pad in his house. I was protecting him. Mm. And he's like, what did you call this? I said, push pad? Do they not call it push pads in the Navy? What do they call it? This is an insulin pad. Well, uh, I'm like, sorry, what? Uh, uh, and I, I took a step. Like, Eric's a weird. Well, no, I don't get it. That's a whole nother episode. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway um, but it was funny. The look on his face is like, it was. It was like, did you just call me a pussy? Because I had no. It's, it's what we called them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to see. But anyway, yeah. Guys, I went off on a tangent. We're, oh no, we're I get redirect. it. Oh no, I, 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 get it. And my answer would have been like, well, I mean, well, you said it. it, it not but, you're, you're <laughs> on a, but on the floor of a C-17 or a C-130, yeah. they are awesome. It is so good. Awesome. Like oh, you yeah. put awesome. that thing on the you 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 put that on the on the floor of this c-17 you put it between the little like yes. tracks yes. so there's tracks on the floor of a c-17 because it's where uh like they would they have rollers so that they can roll on like all the equipment yep. or the pallets or the trucks or the whatever um apparently sometimes seats but we didn't get we didn't see those uh <laughs> no seats there are no seats, no <laughs> yeah. seats. so no seats. um and then like you have the like uh uh like the 
I don't know the, the name they're, for they're, it. The, like the, the seats that flip the net, down. The net chairs, the little, yeah. little flip down seats, little net mesh flip yeah. down seats. With the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Mesh is probably the word I was looking for. I, uh, I, I, they're, they're like, remember, they're like the old school uh, chairs you put out on your lawn back when I was yes. growing up, like my parents had in the 70s that they would drink their beers in that had the little nylon strips yeah. that you know, yeah. half your ass cheek would would, yeah. would, <laughs> would go through like one of the holes. Yeah. Yeah. So when you got up, your ass looked like a checkered board. Yeah. That's the, yeah. There you go. That's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, so <laughs> those were not comfortable to sit in for like nine hours. Uh, and that was just like Fort Bragg to Germany. And then okay. uh, yep. and then we ended up. Uh, and so you you would just lay out your PT mat and uh, or your your puss pad <laughs> and uh <laughs> And take your your whoopee or your uh, oh, like they were wonderful. called a poncho liner, but like Pon- I don't know how I like there was no hole in the middle, so like how did it line a poncho? But anyway, they're blankets, they're blankets, and they're super comfortable, and I still have mine. Um, and, and when people still- stay over my ca- at my house <laughs> and they're gonna sleep on my couch, I'm like, mm, here's your blanket. <laughs> and uh, it keeps you, and it there's still I still tell me out engineer. How do they keep you so warm, mm. even when it's minus zero? And it's just that little thing. It's it's magic. I think it they're, they're ma- it's, it's got to be some magic. It in the is infused with fairy dust because it is the best <laughs> thing on the planet. <laughs> it is. Uh, oh, oh. All right. So you, so you get to so, Afghanistan. Did you? Yeah. Did you? You're over there. You're flying probably Bagram. We, yeah, we, we ended up. Uh, so we, really we get to Germany. We get delayed in Germany because it's winter. So there's a blizzard. Uh, and then we Got end it. up over in... And then we flew directly from uh, from Germany down into Bagram, okay. and uh, Bagram Air Base. Uh, when you when the tailgate flips down, uh, it looks out to like the kind of the the Hindu Kush, but kind of yeah. like almost like like foothills of the Hindu Kush. You can't see the whole range because there's way too much dust and uh, fecal matter in the air. <laughs> to see uh to, to see much but um and we actually landed during the day uh which wow. was not that common most of the time they were they were night landings but um i think that when we had left germany it was basically like break in the weather everybody get on the plane so yeah, sure. uh we uh, so you're getting off and that's the only time in my entire army career where I was like, this is like a movie. Like, this is like what they, what they do in like the drama movies sure. of like, like, this is you like getting off the plane and like, you got all your equipment on and you're, everybody's in desert camo and there's these low buildings. You see the mountains and yeah, it's like the army commercial. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, and, and I was like, gorgeous, this though. is all you can be. This is the this... be all you can be thing. Um, this army of one crap. I don't, uh, I don't, yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll do another episode on that one too. <laughs> we'll, that's too long to get into. But that, yeah. you're, you're right. That it is gorgeous. I've done that a few times myself and it's, it is beautiful when the ramp drops and, and you can see, you can actually yeah. see the foothills and even if you can see a little while. It is. It's just, it's breathtaking. Afghanistan is breathtaking. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's, it's just it's a beautiful, it, beautiful country. It is. It's just so bad that nobody will ever fucking see. 
<laughs> nobody will ever see it again. But but you're you're right. right at the time. Yeah. So when you got off, did you go right to your unit, or and then how much like? What, oh, I, so we uh, so half of our company uh, stayed to run the interrogation facility, and then the other half of okay. us were parsed yeah. out yeah. into small teams, and yeah. distributed <laughs> around the country. So we were. My team, uh, we were a team of four, and we were out uh, way out west uh, okay. in Herat. And awesome. uh, wow. so we had this uh, little base in the center city of Herat. And then we were responsible for uh, four provinces and pieces of another. So we were responsible for Gore province, which nobody knows because it's like this, it's all mountains. Um, and... Uh, Badgis province, which is the northwest corner, Herat province, and then Farah province, and uh, little pieces of like Helmand and stuff like that. But uh, we, so we had a lot of ground to cover, and it was basically wow. us, a special forces team, a civil affairs team, and then about 80, like half a company of, uh, of field artillery guys for security. And so... Um, uh, we were, we were, we were on the, uh, I call it a road, but it really was just like dirt. Uh, we were, we were on the dirt quite a bit, um, trying to get around. We, it took like a day to get air support. Like sure. we could not get, uh, we didn't get mail for like two months. Uh, so thank you air force, <laughs> but, uh, they were like, I don't know, man, there's weather in the mountains. We were like, good weather bad weather <laughs> there's weather there's the, weather we'll just keep it May. yeah, yeah. The, the, the game is on <laughs> i'm guessing yeah <laughs> afn AF, we have afn now what the yeah. hell we're not flying uh, i i know that, that that's but it is beautiful and that i we we were in that city in uh in yeah Hawaii, i remember that but and we worked in farah we we got to fly to a lot of the places though so yeah I, I can't yeah. Uh, honestly, we'd fly and then drive with the SIF team or whoever else was out there. But if you had to drive that all the time, man, that is just, that's a pain in the ass. I mean, yeah, that's so it would take like, it would take like six hours to go to, uh, to get anywhere. Yeah. And you're driving on these narrow, cause they were, it's all, it's, uh, it's more flat, but it's mostly like canyons and, yeah. You're going uh, through wadis and wadis yeah. and can't, yeah, all that kind of crap. Now I, 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 um, so that was so you're that you got there roughly in the summer. Time uh, no, uh, it was winter of. 04. It was winter. I'm sorry. Yeah, winter okay. of 04. and wow. uh, okay. so we it was before so the and the elections wouldn't be until like October. So we were doing a lot okay. of, uh, like election site security and okay. stuff like that, like trying to figure out like hey, can we set up a an election site here or is that going to get blown up? So it's interesting. It's around the same time as the presidential election in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Which was the John Kerry, George Bush election. It's... That's the first election I ever voted in, so uh -huh. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so how, uh, when, when you're there and, and you're doing your stuff and moving around, did you was it always were you being time and place predictable and is that again what do you think and i know i'm jumping to it yeah but when you were hit were so, you thinking because because of security especially if you're in security or you're in intel which is security as well you're trying not to violate these yeah. markers that can make you a target but in afghanistan there are only so many routes, routes <laughs> you can drive yeah like, i mean 
there was one road, like well, yeah. one road. There was one way to get to like Kalinau, which is the uh, capital okay. of Badgis, from Herat. There is one way to get there, uh, and what's and it's like pretty much a one lane road the whole way, which is always fun if you're on the side of a, you're basically on a cliffside, and there's like a giant jingle truck, like a, a, a huge, like this big old truck coming at you, and you're like, well. This okay. is a fun game of chicken. I don't know what we're going to do next. Um, P.S. I learned how to drive manual uh, nice. in, on on these, actually on a minefield, uh, because nice. um, it, it had been sort of demined. Uh, like, they put out markers uh, of, like, you know, the white rocks mean it, that it's the, white, the, the white, red, red rocks mean it's red not. Rock. Do not cross that red rocks line. Um, and my team leader was like, you're going to learn how to drive manual today. Let's go over to the range. And I was like, wait, the range is a minefield. Um, so like you were going, like I would be trying to like start and like go slowly up a hill. And she, and I was like, do not stall because if we roll backwards, we're going into the red rocks. Like this is not good. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So Afghanistan was really tricky. We, I didn't get I didn't get blown up until Iraq, but like uh, okay. the but Afghanistan, like it was a constant thought of like if someone wanted to, it would not be hard to 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 hit us to hit kind of anybody. I mean, our our team, uh, our our teams were actually really really lucky, but uh, there was like a team yeah. down in Kalat and uh, yeah. like Ghazni and Gardez. And again, they just don't have a lot of roads. So if they had to go anywhere, it was um, it was rough. They did have more. They they had more support in terms of being able to like send sure, out a yeah. route clearing team from the the uh, infantry or the engineers or something. But uh, which we didn't have. Like we didn't have anybody clearing the routes ahead of us. Um, but the so it was uh it was a a fascinating adventure which <laughs> violated pretty much every rule uh <laughs> except oddly enough not any of the rules that were violated in watching the hurt locker uh so which was basically just uh fan fiction but the uh why are you guys only going out in one truck like what are you doing why does her hair look like that why are you wearing a beret i don't know um yeah yeah. i guess yeah yeah that's a whole well let's do another episode on on movie reviews yeah that'd be cool i i feel like that would be a great like in studio one like you jack murphy that that would be fun Oh, the God. hurt, the hurt locker. It got the guy. It got his the inside. I could get the insides. How he was feeling when he went home at that right. time. But but as far as the tactical stuff, yeah, man, that's some hell engineers fucking sniping and clearing rooms. Yeah, man, they were amazing. I was, like, wow. I was like, I want to work with you guys. I know what? Yeah. what is that the Sapper Tab team? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's fucking. Everybody awesome. went to Sapper School. That's great. <laughs> that's great. No. Um, and that's why but, 13 hours, you don't have these issues because oh, yeah. of him. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we cut a few, quite a few things. It's just the explosions still get me, but he made, it made sense when I, when I told him and I said the explosions and the vapor trails, I said, they don't do. And he made a lot of sense. And I, I, Michael, he said, guy, he goes, Chris, 
person if they did that or he actually didn't even know my he just knew tano he didn't even know my first name so tano if they did it if we did it that way people would walk out of the studio with tourette's they would not have a clue what's going on he goes that's why all the movies do it that way and i thought back of like you know he's right black hawk down lone survivor yeah it's always vapor trails and explosions and not implosions and okay you got it yep. i got it tracking but anyway that yeah. okay, we'll do we'll do another episode with that, that yeah so, oh yeah no i i actually because it was so early that we didn't I like i mean you don't have phone cameras you don't have any of that yeah. so yeah i had like a little um i think we had, had but they were crappy this right or you wouldn't no, have them no, on this yet. was oh four so no like, we, we had we still had flip phone or the little Nokia phones that you could play Tetris. Yes. On, you know, the black okay. Because I'm remembering when I went to college once again, 2006, there were videos that came out. And, and Chris and I have talked about it. Like the videos that came out from the military around that time, the ones that went viral, early viral, were always like the negative stuff. And that's just how the right. internet is. It's like, remember the kid throwing the, the oh, dog yeah. off the cliff and yeah. all that shit, which I'm sure is very rare, but it's the stuff yeah. that the media grabs on to yeah so. but anyway i mean yeah. i'm on another well, tangent here but yeah, yeah. Help, help me out because help me out with that though because at the beginning on that's when the terrorists were, were already beyond us on on propaganda and using social media oh, they yeah. had their own website i forget what they were called you could search every car bomb that they did or beheading or yep they were recording all that all that the, the, the truck yep. bomb that hit our hotel that hit the hotel that we responded to, i mean it was in the middle of baghdad it was in 2004 actually yeah forget the hotel it was a dump truck bomb and i sent i, I actually posted pictures of that a while ago yeah I, I got some well, pictures on the, our little uh, on my face uh, <laughs> my and, face and I, which is what i my, also my call it. face face <laughs> were you guys having to, to was that part uh, did it delve yeah. into that were you guys watching because to me yeah. that's intel were you guys watching that were you guys doing anything so that to try was, to... that would have been more like the OSINT stuff the the open source intel folks okay. that would watch that but okay. we and okay. we would kind of we were so remote that i mean it was really tough for us to uh like we didn't have regular internet we didn't have regular sure, like sure. anything we had to, yeah. we could call back on the sat phone or uh and we had to send our reports like we would have to write them up and then bring them over to the main operations center and send them via a uh, secure radio. Jeez, so yeah. like wow. it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, we were, we were very much behind the times. And I had like the, all I had was like this little um, digital, like, cause sure. at least I had a digital camera, but like, uh, which some people did not, uh, because you know like we're also like i don't know we're old people so uh like we um, like a little car the little nokia camera with the little car the little sd card and... oh yeah yeah and it would only take like it was like 256 yeah. megapixels and you're like whoa yeah. i can take all the things um it's crazy how how quickly yeah oh, it's yeah. all changed yeah. I, I i all of us kind of feel old because yeah we grew up in a totally different time yeah oh man I got, uh, I remember actually, uh, speaking of, so uh, EOD came out, like they would only, uh, the explosive ordinance guys would come out like once every like six months and they would just amass all of the stuff that we had found. And uh, so they would, they would mass it all out actually on the same range area that we, um, we would go and shoot at and I learned to drive on. Um, you know, maybe they also cleared some mines while they were out there, but the, uh, they would 
pile up this huge pile of all these munitions that we had, that had gotten dug up. And, um, we, and we were probably like half a click. We were, we were in like a little tower of about, so it was, you know, about half a kilometer away. And, uh, I go to take a picture of it and the blast wave that hit us <laughs> closed my stupid little camera because the 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 um the lens comes out on those for those who yeah, remember yeah. those types of cameras. I, I remember. I'm old. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I, that's you all like open the you like slide open yeah. the thing and it zooms yeah. out and you're like, oh, this is the coolest thing on the planet. And, I remember. Yep. Oh, I love that thing. Um, yeah, it, it never it took pictures out the same. It closed it. It, it hit oh. it so hard that wow. that it impacted the camera, and it closed it, and it never worked the same after that. And I remember thinking at that point, like these can't be good for you. Like these blast waves <laughs> cannot be good for you, uh, because if it clo- if it hit hard enough that it closed my camera and it made all of us like step back. Yeah. Like this can't be healthy. So this is yeah, this is because I know that you said this Iraq is, was yeah. your big accident. This is. So this is still if, Afghanistan, and if but, and we just had no idea. But the incident that left because we could. I want to make sure we get into your yeah. your leg and everything. And but I the, will run on forever. So no, it's know, all, but whatever. the the incident that left your leg basically dead weight because we could talk about yeah. that where you, it wasn't amputated anywhere near immediately. We were amputated years yeah. later. It, that's the same incident as the TBI. No. Okay. So, so let's yeah, let's get into yeah. both. All right. So so so, so I leave Afghanistan. Stan. Did you do a year? Are they they still doing twelve months months tours or six month tours? It was uh, it was six months. So the uh, we we were rotating in and out at six months uh, um, because we were offset from the um, from the main folks. So we actually saw the transfer from Tenth Mountain was running the country at the time, and then Twenty Fifth ID took over. And uh, so we did we did six months, and then we were replaced by another Intel unit that did another six months. Because it was uh, we uh, when we landed back at Fort Bragg uh, at this point at this time it was night um, our our battalion commander because we had only gone as a small company comes out and he was like hey guys great job you guys have already been put in like presidential commendation blah 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 uh, P.S. the entire brigade is leaving for Iraq in like three months. So we'll try to hang on to you for like an extra couple of weeks, but you know, uh, we'll see you there. So, um, so we were home for like four and a half months, uh, and then packed our bags to leave for a year in, in Iraq. Um, I started out in Baghdad and we were actually there. So we were there in Oh five. Okay. Uh, we were there. I was there pretty much all of Oh five. And uh, so that was the first Iraqi elections. Um, and uh, being, being in Baghdad for that was, was a joy and a half, like 146 <laughs> yeah, that... candidates. And wow. Oh. That, was cha- that was chaos. There was so much, just every, so many contractors and military and oh. Mahdi militia. And oh, gee, it was oh. fucking chaos. <laughs> there was it just was... shit going on. Yeah, like the wild, like we had said that Herat had been like the Wild West. No, like all of Iraq, like especially Baghdad was like this weird urban Wild West, like the whole time. It was like 
Solder City was like yeah. a, a, a place of like uh, of like never seen a more high scum villainy that whole. <laughs> yeah, just there and going you know? up on going. You take you know, Haifa Street was always oh. still bad, and then you had the penis, the karate, which yep. was get started to get bad, and then you go on biop, and biop was still bad from 0304, but. Because Solder City and other places have gotten worse. Bayek was kind of thought of as an afterthought, but people were still getting killed on that. Then you got Route 10. Yeah. All the way out to the, yeah. I mean, it was. You're, so you're we, right, were, you're right. we were green zone. And so like we were getting like the, they were like rocketing the embassy. Yeah, and the, you were there when, when the, when the Namaste's that, that rocket 05 is when they, the, our Gurkha guards. Yep. And luckily they were all on, they were all on duty for the most part, but the Gurkhas had their own camp in the green zone and a rocket. I remember going and seeing that. After, yeah, they were our guys. They were protecting Blackwater guys. Yeah, and a rocket hit theirs, and everything just went up. I mean, there were some of the Gurkhas were melted. Too. Yeah, I mean, again, luckily it was during the day. If it would have been at night, they would have killed the whole force. But and I love those guys. Those little Namaste, oh. little Gurkha Gurkha. But you're right. It's just it just was madness. But it was you could still I could still look and just smile. I mean, it was madness. It was crazy. Every, we got if people got lucky or they didn't. It was just yeah. There was no skill involved. It was yeah. either lucky or I shouldn't say no skill, but uh, luck had a huge yeah huge play in yeah. in it was it was luck. There was there was a I would say it's more uh, common sense than skill. Like there if you, you had common yeah. sense, uh, then you were probably going to do a little bit better. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there were. There was a certain three-letter agency that was on like lockdown for like a month and a half because they they invested in this like uh, and it was one of the little Toyota sedans, but they had up armored it so much and like tinted the windows so it ran. It was like a low rider, and it was like so you're like okay, some janky ass like like red Toyota sedan. That's like, so it looks like it's from like 1988, but it's low riding and has tinted windows. Guys, everyone knows who you are. Everybody knows. Um, and they kept getting shot up and they were like, and they were like, why do we keep getting shot up? And that's why we're on lockdown. And I was like, let me hold on a second. I might be able to help you out with this. Um, so, uh, cause you can dress up. Uh, in your in your like the, wearing the little dish dashes and and get and grow your beards out, boys. But you still look like a white dude with a beard, and and you look like you're healthy. The, I mean, if, oh. if you stop if you stop eating vitamin C and you get scurvy and you yes. start to shrink up, then you might blend in. Yeah, the, uh, they, and like, like the, especially like the the blonde dudes who were like like white blonde hair with the huge beard. <laughs> And I'm like, and they were like, I wear the beard so that they'll have to at least take a second look. And I was like, yeah, they're, they're wondering what a friggin' blonde guy is doing. I roll around. Like, the second, the hashtag at second look, I hated hearing that shit yeah. for guys. <laughs> like, they're going to have to take a second look. And by that time, I'll get under my eight pairs of man jammies yeah. that I have on and get to my... Uh, like dude you're white you just go with it you don't I just figure something else yeah it's stay in the car just stay again. in the car it's like if you have them come up to the window like they're hookers i don't care it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. and get out of the gym you don't need to be in the gym 
eight hours a day so you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> nobody, have you noticed? Nobody looks like yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Out you, are, you, you are not going to wrestle them to the ground. <laughs> no. You're okay. It's like start smoking, start eating shitty, stop yeah. working out, and there you go. Yeah. And, and, put, and put some, and, and you know, go put some soul glow on your face. Yeah. Do something. Like, like you. there's got to be something you get. At, anyway. So anyway, anyway, Baghdad, I, we digress. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. I'm Baghdad was I'm lovely. Uh, the green zone was, uh, it was the embassy was still out of the old Republican palace. So, you know, like yeah. they had hung a sheet over the giant self-portrait of, of Saddam. Uh, but you know, the gold toilets are still there. Like it was, um, uh, it was a fascinating look at the Saddam culture, but, uh, and I was working both. Uh, so I was working, uh, election and walk-ins and like uh, 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 international security, embassy security types of types of in, type uh, intel gathering yeah. type of yeah. thing. Yeah. And then yeah. I also was kind of moonlighting for um, the embassy or the State Department's hostage working group. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah. Which uh, was basically like some contractors a state department guy and they were like we don't have an intel asset and i was like someone who can like go and get intelligence and i was like what like i, I did yeah so i would start <laughs> moonlighting for them so um i basically would like come off the gate from having talked to like somebody about how they're getting you know sniped while waiting online to come in and tell us <laughs> that they're getting sniped while waiting online <laughs> And uh, we um, and then would go over and work with the hostage, the hostage folks for a while and be like, so this is what's coming out of the interrogation facilities. And this is what's coming out of the people that I'm talking to. And like, I'm able to ask them things about like, you know, oh, well, how is Sodder City right now? Oh, you're telling me that the 19th Revolutionary Brigade is still kidnapping kind of everyone internationals local nationals it don't matter they'll just take you off the street um and uh so cool like let's run them down and uh um and you're you're welcome isis we helped run them out of town so that they could come up and staff you guys uh so i expect like a fruit basket or something at um, least a fruit basket or right? at least some baklava come on everybody gets baklava can we have a little bit yeah everybody, like for real just, i mean like I don't understand, like, uh, Al-Qaeda in, in Iraq and Al-Qaeda, like, Maine had a fight. They didn't like AQI anymore. So AQI, and then when we started running people out of Baghdad, they all went north into Syria and became Daesh, yeah. ISIL, ISIS, whatever the hell they call themselves now. And, uh, you know, so, like, we gave them staffing. Like, we were their HR team, essentially. Um, okay. or really the recruiters, like, so, um, uh, and I, 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 and it will always, I wish to say that it will be a forever war, but yes, yeah. it's, 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 I tell people like, is this ever going to, no, no, I don't foresee. It's just not going to, there's, and it, whatever we destroy, they'll change the name to something else or it'll, you know, it, it, yeah. it's kind of like a, it's kind of like officers in the OERs, man. They're going to keep changing yeah. their name or acronyms they are going to change their name yeah it's going to change the acronym to something else yeah it, it's funny. they're all going to end up in berets next <laughs> just no more the armor took our black berets i, I don't take the tan ones i right, yeah. leave the tan ones alone 
Well, I think they got rid of it, and then they got rid of the beret. But I think you can still wear it in certain. I I don't have any idea because I always hated that damn thing. Uh, but um, because you have to like sheep it and you have to wet it and then you have to shave it and then you have to put yeah. it on like a lamp so it keeps the right shape the, while it dries. You, you got it. You got and if you haven't, you got to cut the cardboard too. Yeah. You, you oh, you have to cut the cardboard have, out because if it doesn't look like I, I, otherwise, I, it looks I, like I, a chef's hat. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, okay. So you're in Iraq. So I'm in Iraq. Going back to Iraq. Going so back. I'm in and Iraq. The election, uh, and the election done, time too. Yeah. That was oh. where they were hitting most of the stuff. They were oh hitting yeah. The, I mean, that's that was the that was the hot places you didn't want to be was at the election the where they were doing the actual. Oh yeah, market. and we were, and of course, you know, like at the green zone, we had like four election sites, like all yeah, right. like at the at the edges <laughs> of the green zone. So like that was amazing. Um. And uh, so we we do the elections. I'm still working the hostage stuff. And then uh, uh, like we were there for and that was like the height of all of the uh, international kidnappings. So um, so that was super fun. And then actually uh, my main unit found out that I was moonlighting uh, and were not super pleased uh, because the state department actually requested that I be given that, like that I be assigned as an asset to the state sure. department. And so my, uh, commands, uh, my brigade command was like, what is this young? I was a specialist. I was junior enlisted. I had been in the army for like less than two years. And they were like, what is happening? And also because I'm a girl who you sleeping with, um, but you know, whatever, um, it, no, it was water hedonism. under the bridge. That was hedonism at that damn, I yeah. remember. And it, it was, it was fucking the, the stories of the, the infrared seeing stuff going up on the roof from the, Oh I, yeah. I, I saw the, it was, it was straight up. It fucking was hedonism bananas. At, it was, at, it was bananas. Back. However, yes. I was not sleeping with anyone to get a job at the state department. Uh, but Actually, yeah, why would you maybe to get out of the State Department? I know, right? Not to get into. It, I know. No. God, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> huh. one of them was like a seal, and I was like, ugh, no, the you, ego. You, you, yeah, you, I, I threw up in my mouth a little. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, there was there was there were some super fun times there. Uh, the. Um, Oh, bless their hearts. But so we, so they ended up getting mad. Uh, I believe my, and of course, at this point, like my, uh, my need for logic in, because I'm an engineer, I'm a math person. I'm a, this is not the, I'm a, I'm a logic engineer too. Like I am all about like optimization and efficiency and the army is really not like no. just, just not efficient. And I would look at things and uh, say out loud, uh, wow, this is not the smart way to do this. Who made this decision? And inevitably, that person was standing behind me. So I got in trouble all the time. And uh, so and this was kind of one of those times where. I uh, opened my big fat mouth and they were like, hey, you know what? The sergeant major was like, you know, like we really need someone who's like on sharp and on the ball to be at 
brigade headquarters manning the radios just in at night like a night radio operator just in case a team gets hit and i was like oh you want me to be a private you want me to get demoted that is the way to get me demoted by putting me on night radio duty for like the next like six months or whatever and um so i but so they were like okay no like you you are uh, you are a good intel collector, uh, having, you know, like, just taken down a, a friggin' at the 19th Revolutionary Brigade operating out of Sauter City and stuff like They were like, okay, like, we won't, we won't totally screw you over. We'll send you to another team. So they sent me uh, north to um, Balad, where I could still be supervised, uh, to under our battalion headquarters, uh, but op- still operating on a team, and uh, I was uh, attached to the infantry unit that was doing the patrols and the checkpoints and the everything out of uh, out of there, and that's how I ended up on the road uh, ah, to okay. to get uh, blown up and and accidented and and all of this stuff. So um, I uh, so that summer uh the the summer of 05 uh i had actually gone out i was helping out one of our other teams which was uh trying to figure out why the oil fields kept getting attacked like here's a clue guys it's probably the insurgency but i i don't know uh we'll go we'll go ask around um and so we went to we, we were uh we were out at one of the oil fields, and then actually, as we were coming back to actually get the helicopter back down to Balad, uh, the uh, there was slow traffic on that, and it's it, there's one main road that really goes from goes yeah. Baghdad all the way up through the middle, and then up to um, like Mosul and and that area. So uh, we were on that road, and uh, we uh, there was one of those. Toyota sedans weaving in and out of traffic. We thought it was suspicious. They had been uh, the the guys um, our our convoy. I was in the lead truck in the convoy. They were blowing, you know, blowing the whistle, fired the warning shots, like all the you know, trying to get yeah. people to move out of the way because we were actually behind a uh, a truck full of like workers leaving leaving the day so there was probably like eight people in the bed of this truck uh and then that car weaving in and out and we couldn't see around anybody and because the convoys all move you know like 40 50 miles an hour however much the add-on armor of these uh because we were not in the days of the mrap or even like factory factory mounted armor um it was like what can you weld on and like like we were getting like commercial rhino liner and trying to spray it on the floors so that in case you got blown up, maybe it would get caught in something. Yeah. And uh, we, um, and then so, and then just bad luck. The car weaves in. It was not a vehicle. It was not a, a VBID like we thought it was, but car weaves in, a uh, truck of workers swerves. And uh, we were just close, to, and there was no way to stop that uh, our truck with all that armor on it. So we slam into this uh, jingle truck uh, of workers, 
they hit the sedan. The sedan actually hits a front loader, which had been the cause of the backup, uh, a construction vehicle that this poor guy was just trying to take home. Uh, and um, I mean, three Iraqis ended up killed. I get bounced, bounced around the back because at this point I'm probably like 107 pounds because it's hot, I, yeah. hot, hot summer, hot girl summer in Iraq. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, and then like, so I'm like, and every time I would go out, I'm like, a, I'm so I'm I'm like a buck oh seven, and uh, and wearing like seventy pounds of gear. So uh, no matter what happens, like I am exactly like the truck. I've got all this add-on crap and I just get momentum and keep going. So um, I get bounced around in the truck and my boot gets caught on the uh, on the metal in the back of the uh, of the passenger seat and just twist my ankle around. And of course, the closest base that we got, I was like, man, my ankle kind of hurts. Um, but you know, there's also dead people around, so yeah. we should probably do something about this. Uh, and so by the time, and so as we're loading back up, I was like, man, this really hurts. Hmm. That's weird. And so when we get, does to, it hurt or you, or, or is it to the point where you, it's not unusable that came later? It was not unusable. Uh, be, also my, my boots were pretty tight. Sure. Uh, so like, you know, uh, I, when, we get to um uh it is amazing what you can do with really tight boots by the way like just super tight uh mm -hmm. because we get to the the neck the closest uh american outpost and they didn't it was small they didn't have like imaging they didn't have a mri they didn't even have an x-ray and so the guy just kind of looks at it and because my boot had been so damn tight like nothing was swollen um and uh he was like oh, it's like it's it's already starting to kind of bruise up but like you know it's probably sprained whatever uh turns out take I, some take yeah, some aspirin take, like, here you go here's some motrin take a knee motrin. drink some water take a you know rub some dirt on it and we'll see you later and uh i went um uh so you know like the I get on the helicopter, I go back to Blood, and I was like, I don't know, they told me it was sprained, like, I guess I'm cool, and still going out on missions, and still doing... You're just, you got no excruciating pains, nothing at all, you're, it's just, it's just hurt, it, it it's just, it's just like a, like a it, throb. Thing. Yeah, it just sucked, uh, and, okay. uh, you know, they were like, you know, don't run for, like, a couple of weeks, and, um, and I was like, well, that's fine, because, like, I'm, I'm just, like, I'm going out on 17 hour missions. I don't really have a lot of time to run. Uh, and then of course, you know, later my, my unit was like, Oh, before we all go home, let's do a PT test. Um, because that makes, <laughs> that makes so much sense. That is 18th airborne Corps right there. That is, that is Fort Bragg mentality of like, Oh, let's do a PT test while we're still in country. Like this would be great. Then we don't have to do it when we get home and it's reasonable. Um, and you know, maybe you won't get rocketed in the middle of it and have to go into a bunker. Uh, I was like, we get incoming like several days, several times a day. Like if we're on this PT test, like, there is a chance that during the 15 minutes that everybody's running a circle around the block, uh, that we might get rocketed. Who knows? What do you do then? Is this in the regulation? I don't know. <laughs> so we, uh, 
Um, and that, that really stunk. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, maybe this is more than a sprain. Okay. Um, but the, uh, so I'm still, but I'm, other than that, I'm still just tying my boot really tight and, uh, you know, taking some pills and going out on 17 hour missions. And, you know, I just have the giant Samoans from the 142 infantry kicking the gates and the doors yeah. and stuff like that. Cause they would leave like size, like 19 boot prints on the, on these, <laughs> on these doors. And it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I love those guys. Uh, but the, um, and then, so a couple, we maybe two weeks later. So I'm still like limping around. Uh, and then two weeks later, uh, I had just talked to a guy maybe a week before who was, who had told me, Hey, on this road, uh, in the next, like, week or so there's gonna be um a string of roadside bombs string of ieds all right cool report that up uh here's the approximate locations the uh route clearing guys found two of them um and so uh we found the third the hard way uh because or as i like to say we actually found it the easy way because like nobody had to dig it up um it's like when I was talking to one of the British disposal guys who uh, he had lost both of his legs and he was he was a bomb he was part of the bomb disposal unit and I was like oh how good at your job were you and he was like actually I mean we found it <laughs> so um, and by the way it's like that I have to point out between you being like very. I don't joking about losing your leg and it's it's so military humor it really is which <laughs> I've I've realized from being around people like you Chris and people like Mike Schlitz like you are not at all embarrassed about this injury like you're you're proud of oh, what you did you yeah know, no so. I will um I I I get like uh like like small children who like are staring at my at my leg and and uh, I will take it off and I will take off my foot and hand it to them. Uh, That'd be good for Halloween. Oh, oh Halloween is, is baller. Um, I actually just went to Pirate Day at the Ren Fair, but I... Had, I saw the pictures on Instagram, yes. at Lanner Pants on Instagram. Do you, yeah. Do you, have a, do you have a wooden prosthetic, like a pirate leg? I don't. You should get uh, one. If you don't, am, you I'm need gonna to get one. I'm going to print one. I'm going to print one. I was actually going nice. to use, uh, like my, I have a, my rock climbing foot is actually about a third of the size of, uh, of a regular <laughs> foot. So I can just make a casing that goes around that and yeah, it's a peg. Cool. Nice. And, um, I mean, I, I nicknamed my friggin' leg Peggy. Uh, <laughs> it is, so it's, it is, like it it's a thing. Yeah. So yeah, getting back to, yeah. of so, course. So the bomb goes off. Uh, wow, we, yeah. find, we find it. Um, uh, which, uh, and, it was like a little bit later when I was like, wait a minute, like what, what was the grid for that? Like, hold on a second. Reference back in my notes. Oh, wait, I told so you. you were, wait, you were, you weren't on the route clearing team. The route no. clearing team had already cleared. Route and they clearing said you, had found two out of the three. So, and so for some reason, why did your command sit besides, they just I, said, I, I, don't give me, I know the comment I get, but what was their, what was the mission that you had to accomplish to go back out on that road on that specific day, knowing that you had act intel that had already been actioned that, Hey man, there is, she was spot on. We found two IEDs. We, and you know, it wasn't a science fact then. It's still not a science finding them all. Why on earth did they send you back out on that, 
fucking road. That's just that's ridiculous. Again, we, we're past ridiculousness. We're into ridiculousness. Well, just we could get into some of the failures of how Intel gets passed around. Okay, I just, I just, I, was there, was there some, somebody? Was like, there another person you had to go talk to, or was there some like we got to go talk to this guy on this fucking day? Let's, was, who gives a shit if they're supposed to be IEDs and they already found two? Let's got to put them out on the. I mean, was it that important? It was, they could have waited. The the logic must have been something along the lines of maybe they just never got around to placing the third one, uh, like something like that. Because um, and uh, you know one because and and Balad was a huge base. So oh yeah, you know, Anaconda is monstrous. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I so remember, the the yeah. uh, the the engineers who were on the route clearing may not have. Uh, told the infantry guys who were running the convoy okay. to go out and do checkpoints and then they were taking me to go sure. and talk to my dude and uh, like while they were on the checkpoint they would just like uh, like a small team would t- come and like you know makes it, no, pull I, guard I, I, that or makes whatever sense. Okay. okay so like um, so uh, either word didn't get around or something we get hit by this IED uh, luckily, it had been so hastily dropped that no one uh, at the time got seriously hurt enough to medevac anyone. Uh, yeah. Like the gunner, my gunner had uh, some shrapnel in his hand, but it had uh, it the the timing was off. So whoever okay. was the trigger man had uh, not taken physics, and uh, <laughs> like the and it was aimed like into the sky so it was mostly just shrapnel and stuff like that um and uh but the blast wave is uh what got me because it was it was it was a large ied uh it was just uh lucky and unlucky at the same time because it was super lucky that we didn't get actually hit by the the main projectile but it was super unlucky that i happened to be sitting at the exact spot that had a gap in the add-on armor uh oh, and leaning God. forward just enough to get the full blast wave like and looking the right direction that i get it right in the face and then blown backwards and my head slams into something else and uh even wearing a helmet is still kind of sucks because then it you just rattles, like, your brain rattles no, yeah it was your freaking brain yeah. Just, yeah i know so it's, and it's, nobody was looking at blast injuries at this point no, um you're, no you're right so you're right. uh yeah. Unless you actually had like something sticking out of your head, uh, they were like, "Okay, you're probably cool," uh, or like they could confirm that because I I was wearing I was being good and wearing like my dark sunglasses. I was wearing yep. my eye protection, yeah. But um, you know, and I mean, I was wearing some uh, some of those defective earplugs, maybe. Um, <laughs> didn't really make a difference, but three yeah, uh, M's awesome. Three yeah. M, you guys rock. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I will appreciate the settlement, but the uh, <laughs> so they um, I was I had like fluid coming out of my ears and stuff, wow. but at that time af- after the blast, immediately, yeah, they were they were just like uh, maybe it's um uh, maybe, maybe you blew went, an eardrum, maybe you went swimming, yeah, at the, at, you know, at a, just got some water in the ear and just knock it out. Uh, yeah, the, uh, and it's, so nobody's looking, nobody's looking for this. And of course I was petrified because all of a sudden I don't know anybody's name. Oh, wow. I'm like reading the, the names of 
Samoans off of their friggin' uh so like, you know, my my um truck command, like the guy in yeah. the passenger seat, uh he, his last name was Tukuboyatu. And I'm like trying to read it so that he doesn't know that uh that I can't tell who anybody is. And um yeah, that worked out well. Jeez. So uh but and but you know, I I didn't want to get pulled off the road. I was like, I lo- I love my job. I love what I'm doing. Um, I am terrified that I'm going crazy. Uh, so I'm just gonna fake it. Uh, reading these names, I'm I have no balance. I'm falling over, which is great for my busted ankle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my! All of this compounded. <laughs> oh, wow. It was amazing. So like, we had to like go down this like little tiny hill to go and talk to see if somebody uh in like one of the little remote houses had seen the trigger man or whatever um because of course i'm sleeping on my rooftop but the uh which is what everybody was um always always but it was always three guys dish doshes average height red toyota but the uh (laughs) ak-47s i don't know the um uh (laughs) Oh, they're okay. sleeping. No, they're sleeping. They're guarding the. They're guarding the crop. They're right, right. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're sleeping on their roof because it's too hot inside. Um, so let's go yeah. sleep in 120 degrees. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let's go sleep let's on go, on a tar roof on the top of hard rock and cooker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. Just, it was made total sense. So we so we went to go uh, wake him up from his nap, and uh, so we had to go down this little hill, and I fall right the hell down this hill uh, on that <laughs> on, on my busted ass ankle. Um, so, you know, uh, my, me and like my extra 70 pounds and like, you know, two weapons and all of this go tumbling down this little hill. Um, uh, and, uh, my partner as my partner really noticed though, that something was wrong when we decided to continue the mission, uh, cause no one had been, as we thought, seriously hurt. Uh, so when the, uh, quick, uh, the quick reaction force comes and uh, cordons off the area until like EOD can come and do do all of those things. They were like, you guys can go and continue doing your checkpoint and meetings and whatever else. Um, and uh, we pull up to someone, uh, we pull up to the next stopping point. And I was like, oh, are we doing a checkpoint here? And my partner uh, who had been in the truck behind me at the time comes up and was like, uh, oh no, no, this is your dude. Like you've been talking to him for like three months. Uh, and I never wrote a damn thing down because I had like a photographic memory and I was like, oh, what am I going to talk to him about today? That's cool. And he was like, cool, something's wrong. Uh, I guess I'll do this one. Um, I didn't know our interpreter's name. And of course we weren't wearing name tags. So uh, because... Um, you know, we don't want the people that we do yeah. arrest knowing who we are. So uh, we, uh, so we're talking. To, so he leads that mission. Like the rest of the day is a total wash. I have no idea what happened. Um, went back. I think I yelled at my team sergeant because she or my team leader because my team leader was like, uh, "You need to write up the incident report for the IED." And I was like, the chow hall closes in like an hour or something, and I'm starving. Yeah. And she was like, no, you need to write this up like right now. There, an IED went off. Like you were hit by an IED. You need to write this up. And I was like, uh, 
and I yelled at her and I was like, now I'm hungry. Um, so, uh, and at that point, my, my partner was like, she's been acting real weird all day. Um, <laughs> Weirder than normal. Yeah. Weirder like super weird. Like, uh, you might want to cut her, like cut her a break on that one. Like she's been acting real weird all day. So they, they kind of assumed I was going bananas and, um, uh, but I still went out. Apparently I only found this out like years later. I apparently still went on missions like the next day and the day after because they couldn't get me in to see uh, a doctor for like two more days or something. Even And it was mental health. Um, and you send an interrogator to mental health. Like, we know what to say. Like, what yeah. What am I going to do? Oh, yeah, no, I have no idea who anybody is. I'm starting to lose my vision. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. No, I'm going to be like, no, nah, I'm cool. Um, everything's fine. Um, my unit's driving me bananas, but other than that, like, that's fine. Um, they almost made me a night radio operator. Yeah. Uh, that's the only thing that's stressing me out. So, um, but yeah, no, I have no idea what really happened in like my life. Uh, I mean, kind of since then, but, uh, I only have like little flashes. Yeah, because I was going to say, I mean, yeah. the, the audience just here in this interview, and then even, you know, if they go back and listen to your interview on the team house, like, you're an articulate, intelligent person, but people don't know until, like, they read the New York Times piece where you talk about it, this has affected you to this very day, your, oh, yeah. your memory, everything, right? Oh, yeah. So you still having issues? Uh, oh, so yeah. How, how it long? It had been a brain, it, I had actually had a hemorrhage. Uh, oh, I had wow. had a okay. brain hemorrhage, so... Um, I, uh, they ran and they finally figured out that it was a problem because one, uh, at this point I'd moved to Germany and one of the, uh, okay. one of the neurologists at Launchstuhl in Germany okay. had just said like, Hey, these like blast wave injuries are also a problem. Yeah. And, uh, these are the symptoms to look for. And I happened to go in and, uh, I was uh, a year and a half or two years late for a post-deployment health reassessment, um, which they're supposed to do every year. And I would avoid because every time I went and was like, hey, these are the things that are wrong, they would send me to psych. Um, and if I got a psych diagnosis, I could lose my clearance at the time. So uh, faked that one, too. And then uh, so that but I go in and I tell this this physician the physician's assistant, like, hey, I symptoms like all the way through. Uh, and uh, he sent me to this neurologist. He was like, mm, you have everything on the list that she just put out. And um, like losing my vision, like no memory. No, I was losing the ability to speak. Uh, and so I go and I see the neurologist and she was like, okay, you need an MRI. And then it came back and she was like, okay, we're going to send you to Walter Reed. You need to get that vacuumed out of the middle of your dome there. Wow. Um, and uh, so at that point and before then, uh, because I jump around all the time because, you know, I have a brain injury, whatever, man. Uh, so they, um, they had done this whole uh they had looked at the ankle um, because I was like, yo, this thing still hurts like months later. Is it still a sprain? They finally did. So they did an MRI on that and they were like, oh, yeah, no, you uh, you tore some stuff like you tore some ligaments. There's a tendon tear in there. You've got scar tissue. 
If they would have oh. seen this earlier, would it have had to have been amputated all these years no, later? No, probably not. Wow. That's nah. good. That's got to piss you off to just. Eh, like, I, what are you going to do? Like, I, I, like that's kind of my mentality. That, like, uh, yeah. I, I got enough crap to piss me off now that I don't need to be pissed <laughs> off about something from 15 years ago. Um, uh, like, uh, I, I feel like it probably pisses off my mom more than it pisses sure. me off um but uh because yeah like i mean they found it and they were basically like look we could do some surgery like i had chipped a piece out of the bone they were like i don't know where that went like the the whole thing they were like what are you gonna you know i guess we could do some repair work but like it's mostly like it's just healed wrong um okay. And they didn't know about the brain injuries. They didn't know about all the nerve damage that was also uh, kicking around. So I was having problems knowing where the foot was. I still had no balance. So uh, and I was going and I was going to go mountain climbing several weeks later. And I was like, hey, can I still climb Kilimanjaro? And they were like, yeah, it's just going to hurt at altitude. So uh, ended up with frostbite because I had no circulation because of the nerve. Problems. I can't believe you did and, it. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, so how, yeah. ma- how many years was this after when all this they're they're starting to piece it all together how many years or months had it yeah. been since since you'd left country so, since, or were you still in were you still serving or were you finally oh out? no i was i was i was in for both so the both of those i was in i had uh i got the ankle looked at um maybe like a couple weeks after we got back because um, okay. i was like hey it's it's still bothering me uh they just made me run a pt to test on it and i barely passed it um still passed it though. oh man and and like the uh the the women like the the old pt test especially like the women we get some time to run our two miles i don't know i wish i could remember i pulled it i don't 20 know 20 minutes or I, I, something just, it was it I was know. not bad um uh and i just kept waiting for like to hit the next age bracket and get like that extra like 30 seconds <laughs> um i was like man i could almost walk it now but the, yeah. uh, so um but uh and so i'm like no it still bothers me so that was like a month or whatever later and they were like oh we need to like do some physical therapy and stuff like that but because of the balance and all of those things i'm still like i would read i even in the army and wearing a brace and wearing boots and everything, I would still like step down wrong and tear something like, at least once a year. Ow. And then uh, the, um, and then the brain injury had been, was in, they figured that out. Um, well, it had been about two years since my post deployment health reassessment, which they're supposed to do annually wow. on the date you come back. So uh, uh, that was, um, I didn't get, I got brain surgery about two and a half years after the blast. Um, But because of the timeline of when I had been reporting symptoms, they were like, oh, no, this is what's happening. But uh, they actually didn't make the connection between why I was still having balance problems and all of that and the brain injury. Did they still think it was your ankle? Is that what they thought it was? Was Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So they, uh, they didn't do... Uh, that nobody made that connection until uh, right before I ended up getting surgery. So, okay. uh, which was in 2019. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's a little ways after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, okay. uh, and but it's, 
I had just, and again, I just stepped down wrong in 2019. And like I was on a boat and stepped down, ended up tearing uh three ligaments and two tendons just from like trying to go throw a banana peel overboard and uh <laughs> the banana peel also just like because i fell like it didn't clear the overboard and like it's stuck just on one of those just hanging there oh that was so depressing um and uh and i was like i'm on vacation and uh yeah and but uh, at this point like i have been in pain for so goddamn long that uh, uh, like between the migraines and and the the leg and all of this stuff, that like even when I I went um, I went to the the VA the next day because we happened to be in the last twenty four hours of our vacation, uh, so I we land back in New York. I go to I go I'm like I'm gonna walk over to the VA. Um, cause it's a couple blocks from my my apartment, and uh, they and I walk in, and they look at the size of my friggin' ankle, and they were like, "How did you get here?" And I was like, ah, "I walked like five blocks. It's like a pain level three because everything sucks in like my life and my body." And they were like, "Uh, yeah, you should not be walking on this. Uh, there's like nothing attaching it to your leg at this point." The way you described it to yeah. me, and Chris would appreciate it because Chris is a movie guy. I'll let you tell it. <laughs> no, but go ahead. No, you were saying it was like that. I don't even remember the character, but you said it was like the character in Mr. Deeds who has like the yes. leg that. Oh, yeah. 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 The yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you can hit it with a hammer. Yeah. Saving people in frostbite with because there's all frostbite. Yeah. 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 The lake. Black toe. No. Yeah. Old Blackfoot. Yeah. Yeah. No, my. Uh, 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 like oh, every time awesome. I go into cold weather, like one of my one of my buddies will be like, he'd be like, you need to take a picture of like the black. They actually called me black toe, yeah, like Blackfoot and black toe, because uh, one at the frostbite had gotten infected. Oh, my life is like a mess. So, um, but this, uh, so I had like half of my foot was like pins and needles all the time, and half of my foot was totally numb. So. Um, so that's great for balance too. And then, uh, so finally, I, uh, and the VA, of course, uh, because I mean, it's policy and it's a good policy. Like we can't, we're not just going to chop it off right away. We're like, you need to do other yeah. surgeries. Like it has to be a last resort. Um, but at this point it's been like 14 years of just constant, like I, I had like a collection of those like cam boots, the, the the um, yeah. lovely ones, the, the stabilizing boots that they put when you when you break something. Um, it was like my winter wear at that point, and so I <laughs> was like, "Forget this, I'm I'm out." Um, and I was like, "I'm gonna just get a second opinion uh, from from this other doctor." And he was like, "Yeah, if you do surgery because of all the nerve problems that you're having and all of this other stuff." you're probably going to need surgery like every couple of years because something else is going to tear. You're going to, you're going to do something again. That's not going to get fixed. Uh, so the alternative is you can just chop it off. And um, I was like, Hmm, tell me more. Uh, because at that, I was just so frustrated with sure. like that perpetual pain level of, to me, a three 
which apparently is higher to others, hmm. uh, that um, that that's just how it ended up. Um, and I was like, tell me more. And then he was like, oh, and I do this thing called osseointegration so I can insert a rod into your bone and then we can just like screw on a different attachment at the bottom. And, and I was like, no, that's cool. Um, actually, the EOD, the British... Uh, explosives guy had uh, had told me about osseo integration and so that's where uh, um, and he was like no if you have to get something cut off I strongly recommend this because it's you know you don't get the phantom pains you don't get the the like sores from having a a, um, sure. a socket yeah, yeah so Wait, were, you, were you finding yourself like even just becoming more more and more depressed. I mean, from hearing oh, yeah. is that is, I'm mean, glad you did it that way because it sounds like you would have just kept getting mentally and emotionally worse, which you cover that up. And all of us, you know, some more than others have been where they covered up with now we're covering up with medication, not the right medication. Sometimes right. medication you can buy in the street corner and alcohol. And I mean, were you finding yourself going down that route too? It sounds like you were. Which, which... I I am uh, not uh, I I've I I am one of the very few people who have actually never done drugs, but I um, like at all even no I wow at all because I wanted to be an astronaut, so I was, and I was a giant <laughs> nerd. Like, come on. Um, so, uh, uh, but the um, uh, and I just. And I didn't drink a lot because the way that it affects my, okay. uh, like my TBI, uh, I yeah. get like, okay. uh, and that's why it was actually funny on the team house thing, because like, I can drink, like, uh, I can drink like a lot without getting drunk. And then as soon as I do, I just like go to sleep. <laughs> so like, so it's not that fun. Um, gotcha. But uh, I'm like that it, too, but it's because I'm old as shit. Yeah. That's, 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 that's <laughs> but it like, does oh. mean I can also like drink Jack Murphy under the table because like he's like getting drunk, and I was like, I don't know, man. I've had like half a bottle of rum. And I don't feel anything yet. So, so sucks to be you, pal. Um, that's but uh, yeah, so um, but I was uh, I was depressed, and I did not have any outlets. Uh, sure. I was uh, I definitely went through a period where I I never I was not actively suicidal, but okay. like if I was crossing the street and the M fifteen exactly. happened to be coming, and you I didn't were, see it, uh, like oh well, you like were passively, just, yeah, just apathetic. Just, oh, I get you. Yes, yeah. three three buddies that way, and it's all motorcycles going 180 miles an hour. Yeah, and well, if I hit something, I hit something, or if somebody pulls out in front, I and no, I, I mean, and yeah. that's that's people think that's no, that's real. That's just yeah, you're it's just like yourself, an apathy. But, yeah, it's yeah. just this yeah. like I don't really care. So like I'll do dumb stuff, or like I'll I'll just take risks that are take totally risks. unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, so uh, the and a lot of that was uh, both PTSD and sure. uh, the just the constant level of pain that I was Man. in. So, yeah, I can't yeah. even imagine just being in pain for that many years. No, I, I'm going to go see after about, you said 14 years. No, I, 14 hours. I'm sorry. I'm a puss. I don't know, I'm, I'm going to the doctor. <laughs> 
14 hours. Now, fuck You're this. rolling Something's, out your PT mat. <laughs> exactly. And... Rolling out my Something's wrong with yeah. my fucking foot. Make Fix this now. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. yeah. I, and the yeah. thing with this show, I mean, we really do like to highlight inspirational stories. And I think yours is an unlikely inspirational story because you amputating the leg was actually a positive change in your yeah. life. And now you're able to walk around no issue. I mean, when I first met you, honestly, you were in long pants. You had the uh, sandal on. I really didn't notice it. I wouldn't have known that that you were an amputee. And actually, at first, because of the size of it, I figured it was just the foot, not, you know, a significant portion of the leg. And what we're doing now with prosthetics, as you said, with 3D printing, it's really amazing and miraculous. So, I mean, it's incredible to see you. And same thing with the TBI. Although it affects you, speaking with you, I would have no idea. Um so I think it's a great inspirational yeah. story. Um, the, the one thing I wanted to ask you before we wrap things up, because we're we're going to have to get out of here like any minute now. Yeah. But really quick, as someone who worked in Afghanistan, who sacrificed there, I would just kind of quickly at least like to hear your take on what's going on now. We've kind of gotten it from everybody who's a combat vet on the yeah. show who's been there. And yeah, uh, yeah I'd like to hear your take. Uh, yeah. So um, my uh, especially because of when we were there and uh being a woman in Afghanistan and you're, so you're, uh, we dealt a lot with the women and the kids and stuff like that. And, and, uh, so seeing the change from being there so early, uh, I mean, we were still telling some of the remote tribes that the Taliban was gone and, uh, just seeing how happy they were about that news. And then, uh, the, the visiting like a a girl's school and stuff like that. And so knowing that that, uh, that is as much as the Taliban was like, Oh no, we're still going to let women get their education. They're not. They, and like the human rights, uh, watch has already said like, no, that they've, they've stopped, uh, girls over the age of like 12 or 13 from going to school. And like, that is heartbreaking. Uh, the what kind of gets me through that though is saying you know what like the the difference that i was able to make there and the the difference that even if it was just a small number of people i know that there's an entire generation of girls that did get educated and i know that there's an entire generation of of young boys who didn't have to go to madrasa and so they are and they are educated and they know that the Taliban is wrong and they will fight for it. I know that the Northern Alliance uh, is reconstituting the the whole like uh, and the Taliban is even finding that they can't come back in with the same like could I have written the script for how they would come back, that they would come back and how they would come back no matter when we left? Yes. I, yeah. I, I was like, oh, they're going to come in from the south. They're going to come around. They're going to like, you know, they'll invade and then they'll come in and the last thing they'll do is cobble. And you could have written the script, knew even what Afghan National Army units would probably stick around and which ones would have to go home, which is they didn't abandon their posts. They were assigned to Badgis province and their family lived in Kabul. They were going to go home to protect their family. Uh, So we knew what was going to happen back in 04. And, you know, the 
generals and the politics. Like nobody was nobody was going to listen to that, and um, nobody was getting the actual intel of like, hey, the the way that you're setting up the army isn't going to be great for the long term, um, and uh, you know because it wasn't like West Point or Naval Academy tactics. <laughs> So uh, we were like, no, this is like on the ground tactics. This is like, don't pull a guy away from his family. There's not even a banking system. They have to leave yeah. for a week to go drop off money every month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we knew, we knew it was coming. We knew like we, it was just a matter of time. Um, but there were 20 years that, uh, we were affecting change and that like I was talking to women who could get educated for the first time in their life, no matter how old they were like, and just knowing that we were able to do that, that my job there had had an effect on somebody. Uh, that's really what got me uh, through, especially like through August and stuff like that. And uh, the, I mean, knowing how the, the civ process, the visa process was going, like it's, there were a lot of failures that have been going on for a very, very long time. And, um, uh, but it's, it's not necessarily on me because I did what I needed to do and, uh, and ethically and morally and so forth. So. Um, I don't, and I definitely don't feel like it was a waste, uh, to, to go through that and to, to go there because of what we were able to do. Um, and so that's, that's my take on, on, right. on the stand. That's what, well, you're, you're right. So the guys feel, I don't feel the same way. Yeah. Individually, the guys on the green, you did great things. You, you all did. And again, guys, we always have to do some battle line podcast guys yeah. is a gender neutral term on battle yeah. line podcast. So, but Dudes guys, I, guys, I do that all the time. Dude, <laughs> guys yeah. did, yeah, did well. And, and you're right. I got to see the first in Kabul, a little girl walking to school Yeah, in 2006 in her little Catholic school girl uniform. Yeah. And I, it warmed my heart more than anything. So no, you're spot on. I know we got to go, but I, 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 yeah. I echo your statements hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I think both of you do a great job as the two people, two people I know who have been there of, I don't want to say putting a positive spin on it because it's not a spin. It's the reality of what you guys reality. saw. But I know yeah. Chris has seen it and you've probably seen it. The guys and women who go down the path of, uh, you know, fuck all this. Yeah. And they want to end their life yeah. because of of yeah. what they see going on and why were we in there in the first place. And, and I understand that as well. But I think it is important to kind of have your mentality of we did affect change. We did something positive. And neither of you guys or any of the people I know who served over there were the politicians. Like when we had Rudy Reyes on. Rudy, and I know you know Rudy Reyes. I do. Um, your friend is, right? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've definitely seen him in various states of inebriation. <laughs> if, if that but uh, I, I think and I played the clip for you. But like when Rudy said, like, we don't make policy. It's not our job. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything that you guys should feel ashamed of. The people who made policy, who made really terrible choices, both Republicans and Democrats. They're the ones who should be reevaluating things. And and some of them did. Um, 
you know, before he died, I don't know if you know, like Congressman Walter Jones, I think he's from North Carolina. He was one of these guys gung ho about the wars. And he was the guy famous for calling French fries freedom fries. Yes. And, and, and when he saw guys coming back to his district without limbs, people not coming back at all, he said, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have been there at all. And I'm going to do everything I can to treat these guys who come back. And that was his thing until his death. And, and then when the Marsoc thing was the Marsoc seven or Marsoc six, the guys accused of war crimes that they did not do. Um, I know you're talking about the it was dude. I thought it was eight of them. It might, it may have been. I don't remember the exact number, but either way, Walter Jones really fought for those guys, and and until he died, so there there were people there who reevaluated, and I think it's the people who can't who may have voted for these wars and can't reevaluate what went on. Those are the people that should feel and and the and the. I mean, I always say I was like, you know, I had. Uh, I had what what I call the sham shield uh, for for my deployments. So uh, the the specialist rank is a little shield, and uh, we are experts at getting out of everything as an E four. So it's the sham shield because we will sham yep. out. But uh, you're, you're you're just at enough rank that you're not a private anymore, so you don't have to do the private stuff. But you're not quite at leadership yeah. yet, so right? Oh, In the career. perfect, yeah, right. <laughs> perfect. It's like being a major. Like nobody really wants you to do anything, but you're like not really in charge of anything. Yeah. So right. um, there's a couple of perfect ranks, and uh, <laughs> warrant officer one, uh, major, and uh, and E four uh, E four specialist. Um, so uh, the uh, I was like, I didn't have any stars on my shoulder. I wasn't making this policy. I wasn't recommending how to set up the Afghan National Army. I was just writing in my report, hey, guys, this is going to be real bad because these guys have to literally leave for a week to drop off money at home. Yeah. So, like, this is not a good way to set up an army. Um, but, you know, it, it all went in my report. I don't know. And then it went into the ether. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I did what I could to help them make better decisions. And the fact that they didn't make better decisions is not on me. I Yeah, I fully agree. And I think you've yeah. seen the same thing, Chris. And yeah, at a certain point, you, you got to let that go. And, and you definitely have. And, and Chris definitely has. Um, so with that, check out, as I said, your piece. I got blown up in Iraq years later, amputating my leg, set me free. That was featured in The New York Times. Um, ElanaDuffy.com, E-L-A-N-A-D-U-F-F-Y.com. Oh, no, I have to actually put stuff on there then. <laughs> I, I was on it. I mean, it's an active website. But uh, at, uh, at uh, Ilana Duffy on Twitter, at Lanner Pants on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, th- this was great. I really – I love when I'm able to come in. Obviously, Chris can't be here. It's just not possible. I mean, he's in Kansas. But at, at some point, it'll be great to have everybody in the studio. I mean, but I Kansas, appreciate coming it's just in. like – I'm like – like being on Wayne's World. Yeah. I mean, Delaware. But in this podcast, we're going to be calling it uh, I Got Dressed Up for This. That's yeah. our podcast. That's going to be our podcast. Yeah, uh, no, that's uh, fair. Nexus. I would make that the title. I just don't know if people will click on Hashtag nice shirt. <laughs> I, will, I will hashtag that on here. But this, this was great. And, uh, and I, I really think your story is inspirational. Um, I, I, you know what, the last thing I'll say too, is when I posted the picture on Instagram of you with the new, uh, prosthetic, right. And you're looking at it a lot of the, um, not a lot, but there were some comments that were like, oh, I feel so bad for these people. And I can tell you don't feel bad for yourself. You're, you're a positive, motivated person. And I think when people hear this, they'll have a different view of that. Like when I talk to you or I talk to Mike Schlitz, 
I don't see you as people walk around all day. Woe is me. That's not your attitude. Yeah. Well, the fact that I can walk around all day is uh, kind of an improvement. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, no, I got I got I got jokes. I got puns about it. Too, so. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got jokes. I got jokes. I got jokes for days. I got jokes, jokes for days. Days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, awesome. I appreciate you having you know coming on. Sorry, I couldn't be there, but I will be in New York City for a while. Until it opens completely, which it probably never will. Really. Is it going to? Yeah. I mean, it's no, no, this we would were, be a we whole nother open. discussion, yeah. but it's like if you're vaccinated, it's fully open. If not, oh. apparently, I can order a drink at a Starbucks, but I can't sit at the Starbucks. I'm, I'm vaccinated. I'm just, you know, I'm yeah. just saying, uh, will all that change? Who the fuck knows? I, I don't know. But, yeah. uh, but things are definitely back to a lot, and we were talking about this before you came in, a lot more back to normal than when I was contemplating very heavily going to Florida because it was like what the hell is going on I mean th- things yeah. are things are going well so yeah. I really appreciate coming in once again yeah, yeah. thank you no, thank thanks you for having me Sarge you're <laughs> awesome <laughs>